Welcome back to Beyond the Limelight. We're excited to be here. It is now 2021. Thankfully. I mean, we're feels, looking up. Feels better already. Yeah, it already feels better. We have uh, a very special guest today, but he's he's on a much warmer side of the uh, the planet right now. You are in Miami, Florida, correct? Yes, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. And uh, we have the, the honor of presenting Rain Renshaw. Uh, he's a lighting director and designer. You might know him um, from... I don't even, I mean, the guy's done so much stuff. Limelight Wired, Omni, Omnia Nightclub. I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, man. Well, first off, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I've been excited to meet up with you guys and talk over Zoom and plug into your, your show. And, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful to be here, number one. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I am a lighting director, programmer. Um, I've been diddling and, and hanging out and plugging in lights since I was a kid. Uh, you know, back when I was eight years old, right? I, w- I grew up in Dallas, Texas. So right as um, as production kind of became mainstream in mega churches down south, um, I was there as moving lights kind of came in and, you know, was a volunteer and started plugging in lights and, and found it to be, you know, as so many do in our industry, found it to be interesting and hung with it for a long time. So um, from Dallas, I moved to Pittsburgh, where I went to college at Carnegie Mellon, studying lighting in their their drama program. Really great program. Um, then, on the weekends while I was working my way through school, I was working at a nightclub in Pittsburgh called Diesel, and I found that I liked that even more. So I um, I kind of pursued that pretty hard and ended up in Las Vegas at a nightclub called Omnia, which was really a perfect storm of everything because it was a you know theatrical and it was a nightclub and it was a concert. Um, and I was there up until, up until, as you mentioned, 2020, when, uh, when the world fell apart a little bit. Well, that's great, man. And I think our first interaction with you was through your Instagram limelight wired, um, not affiliate would be on the limelight, but I mean, limelight wired is a platform. I, I think everyone needs to follow. Um, if you're in this industry, um, how did that start about before we go into like lighting designer and director, how did limelight wired start? Well, thanks, man. I mean, when I was working in the nightclubs in Vegas, you know, those hours are just so weird. I was working nights and I had all these days off and I was constantly looking for, you know, something to fill that time with. And at one point I was like, well, I I need to be reading up on my craft. You know what I mean? Because we do the kind of the same show. And after a few years at the nightclub, you know, it becomes rinse and repeat like most gigs do. And so I was looking for a way to kind of just, you know, get back in touch with what, what had been going on in the industry since I left school, um, because, you know, we use the same equipment, the same consoles there. And, I, you know, I was like, oh, man, there's so much out there that I didn't know. And I didn't really like any of the platforms out there for myself to become, a, you know, tuned back into the industry. I thought that it was a little archaic. Um, you know, the, the magazines and the websites that I had read since I was a kid were kind of formatted the same still. And so I just started making content for myself, really, because at the beginning, there was no platform or following. I was like, oh, I read about this today, and I'm going to make some content about that. And uh, and I included some internet humor in there. And then before long, it got a little following. And then people were asking me to do stuff, you know, on certain topics that they were interested in. And from that point on, man, I just kind of have been running with it. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, we got it. I mean, I remember walking to Ryan's office going, 
what is this limelight wired? It is so pro. It is so classy. You you do everything so elegantly for our industry. And it's just stuff that we can appreciate because, you know, we see that lacking and it's good to see someone actually taking the reins and, and getting that done. Um, hey, man, I appreciate that. Those I, I received those those positive words because I, you know, I love to hear it. And it means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I love that it's a little bit of everything too, where you have you know the humor, the memes, um, but you also have those educational videos, those uh, tips. Um, it, it's it's a little bit more expanded than some of your regular magazine stuff like that, where it's just article ad, article ad. So I, I really do like the the change of of formatting. Yeah. So listening right now, go to Instagram, Limelight Wired, follow them, like everything they do because they're they're going to be doing big stuff. So um, Omnia, you know, we know a lot of lighting designers, a lot of lighting directors. We work with a lot of people in the industry and I see a very, there's a different aspect when it comes to nightclub lighting and touring side of things. So what, you know, did you always want to do something that was, um, you know, installed, ready to go when, when you get into the door or was it just kind of the, the opportunity arose? What was your first experience with working in a nightclub? Well, to be honest, you know, that's a good point. I, I was attracted to how, um, how improvisational the, the artistry was, you know, and those are big words that just say, I really like busking, but I liked that the set list wasn't the same every night. I liked that the audience wasn't the same every night. And I liked that the rig is the same every night, but it doesn't feel the same every night because everything about the venue changes except for that rig, you know, and sometimes even the operators change, you know, the bigger the act you get, they bring in their guys and you get to see how they use your equipment or the equipment of the venue. And, and then it becomes, you know, then it becomes a whole new room again. And I think that that was really attractive to me. And that's kind of why I found myself, you know, sticking with it for a little bit of time. And at Omnia Nightclub, I was looking at some pictures. You guys have like this spaceship modular, huge lighting thing in the middle of the room where it can move different positions. There's multiple levels to it. Can you kind of, uh, you know, give us some insight on what goes into that and how it operates and how you can be creative with that? Absolutely. So um, before I even go into that, there's a massive team there that I couldn't even talk about that room without acknowledging them. First off, the main lighting director of the whole, the captain of the ship is Alvaro Grosso. He's one of the most phenomenal programmers I've ever watched program. I think his timing, what he does with, with lighting in, in air is, is unmatched. Um, there's a video director named Darion. He's great. He is custom making content for the place. Um, Joe Muro was the production manager there and as well as running all of the audio interfaces and he kept everything in tip top shape. And then we had a couple of production guys also on the team, Hector and Todd, um, Iggy was there before he went on tour with Steve Aoki. And I mean, every one of us put in, t you know, hours and hours just to keep that, that room looking like it did for the pictures. So before we, before we step into that, I didn't want anyone to think that that was my, you know, my work. It was a collaborative effort. And a lot of times I was in a separate room, you know, but that gave me the ability to fill in in all of the positions and get to know the whole team you know, intimately. And I found that to be really uh, fulfilling. So to answer your question after that, the team that actually runs the chandeliers ran by an entire certified rigging team. So there is the team that I just talked about is handling the production and we're firing macros through an MA that is communicating with Tate Navigator. And from that point, so basically that team is controlling the aesthetics of the chandelier. Mm -hmm. 
Then on Tate Navigator, there's a whole team ran by Melissa Nelson and her crew who's monitoring the Tate Navigator, and they are in charge of the rigging and the winches and making sure, you know, they're monitoring the loads because sometimes we get a little too artistic and things start swaying a little much and they got to tell us to, to back off a little bit. But so the communication there is constantly happening. There is no Q1 at this point in the night, Q2 at this point in the night. We're saying, we're listening to the music and we're saying, it'd be cool to do this shape or this shape and we're doing it. And then we hit it and then she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so that being said, you know, two teams, two massive teams constantly going in and, and taking care of that. And then it, and the, the design aspect of it is constantly evolving in improv too. There is no script for the show like i like i probably already said but anyway so you know when a new artist comes in you guys are are basically you know there's multiple artists in the building doing work like you have the the dj or the artist that's performing and then you have the lighting crew that's that's designing on on basically you know to the song is that correct yeah yeah yeah, exactly. And we have a monitor that's linked in up there to their CD players. And so we can see what tracks that they have and what they're, you know, what they're about to mix in next. So if we get the feeling that they're probably going to skip verse two and verse three, because we see what they've loaded up and where it's cued, we're, while keeping everything in tempo and keeping the look alive and building it, preparing for whatever may or may not come, you know, it, it is, it is a lot of artists in one room. That's awesome. And when someone like, uh, you know, Steve Aoki or Calvin Harris comes in, they sometimes bring their own gear, but I'm assuming that's something they still use too. How quickly are they able to adapt to that, that system in its entirety? Good question. So when, when a touring crew comes in, they, the, the rig stays the same. They use, they have their own show files on the consoles. We usually make sure that they have some programming time. You know, everybody does things in 3d these days. And then when they come in, you just update your focus palettes you make sure your colors look like they thought they did. And when you point your lights everywhere, you make sure you're not blinding anybody too much, you know. Um, but it's pretty instantaneous, you know. We put in, you know, a nice blue look. Usually before a big act like Calvin or Steve Aoki, there's like a, you know, a couple minutes where it's, not, you know, lower energy music so that their first song, you know, the energy difference is really big. And there, in, in that time period, whoever for the crew may be because it differs for every artist is putting in their thumb drive into the console, loading up their show file, blinking through everything in a subtle way to make sure that the communication is proper. And then, and then it's off to the races. That's sweet. And I, I have a question. So when you're, when you're doing lighting for that many people in one room, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a, it's a much different experience than like a concert or something like that, because there's so much energy and packed up energy, a lot of drinks, a lot of, a lot of partying, you know, so when the beat, you know, gets up to tempo, obviously you could strobe these lights and you can make things go crazy, but all night long, that might be a little monotonous, the same lights over and over again. What do you do differently to keep uh, the crowd interested in the lighting and the rigs? Meaning like, you know, how do you implement it so that it's not the same strobe effect every time? Does that make sense? Yeah, good question. So, um, you know, from the, the and, and for to answer that question, I'm going to go into another room. Of okay. the club. We had a we had a hip hop lounge also. So there was the big, massive room with the kinetic chandelier. And then there was a separate club in the same club that was majority hip hop music, which is primarily where I lived. So that open format style music was going all over the place. We would go from reggae to hip hop to R&B. They'd go up into some house, maybe play some throwback jams. 
And so that kind of presented the same challenge that you're talking about, because I was like, how do I make this room feel so different as we flip through a hundred genres? And, you know, it's, it's knowing your rig intimately, you know, okay, let's frost out the lights So the beams aren't sharp here because the mood is a little bit softer. Oh, you know what? Maybe we don't need to have any movement going on and all of the kinetic energy in the room is through color effects. Maybe we drop the lights out and it's all video right now. Let's take turns as the, you know, things are happening so that this drop doesn't feel like the next drop, you know? And then once you do that for, you know, a dozen shows you get you know you a couple things from this show you're like wow that really worked and then you carried it over and then then you start having some favorite things that you do you know like yeah. oh, okay, so this song would be really cool if we did that thing that we do you know what i mean yeah and you know so then you start working towards those moments you know subconsciously really Has, have you ever been to a show or a nightclub where you're in the audience and you're seeing what's happening and it's kind of sparking some ideas and, and giving you that inspiration? Can you recall like one, one time that that's really hit home for you? Oh yeah. I mean, that's the best way to be inspired is to go out and see what other people are doing with the same robots that we all know. Because I mean, when you watch the demo videos of fixtures, when they come out, everything's bright and everything has a hundred gobos and everything has a motorized iris. Right. Then you go somewhere and you're like, Oh, this is what someone has taken from that and how they've, you know, made it into something alive in a weird way. And, uh, and then you take it back home and you try to figure it out yourself. I would say every Coldplay show I've ever gone to has blown me away. Absolutely. I yes. think that they do some incredible stuff and, uh, and, I always try to sit a couple rows behind front of house just so I can watch it all because, you know, cohesively from the, from the color of the lights to the album artwork, to the costumes of the band, to the pre-show music, I feel like it's all very well done. And there's no, uh, there's no detail that goes, you know, Oh, it's okay. Just play whatever. I think it's the attention is paid to everything like that. And that's inspiring. Um, and then I like going to Drake shows. He, uh, he puts some serious, whoever on his team is putting some serious time into what's going on on his productions. And every time I go to one of those productions, I'm blown away. Yeah. We had the honor of uh, going backstage last year to that show. And uh, cause a lot of our products were used and wow. just the, I mean, the energy in that building from, I mean, and just, I love the laser effects they were using, like drawing stuff onto the stage. I thought that was super cool. Yeah. Like, trying new things. So that's super cool. And now I know like right behind front of house, that's the sweet spot. I always like that for sound, but I guess it makes a lot of sense for lighting too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but going back to uh, Omnia, well, well, I mean, oh, just, this is so intriguing to me. This, it really the, is. Keep, the digging, Omni keep digging. Nothing is off limits. <laughs> so here's the deal. So like, I mean, you know, on the touring side, and this is where I can't, it's so unbelievable to me where the same show is, is done every night. You're, they're playing the same show and yeah, a lot of design and the beautiful, elegant lighting, everything's beautiful. But like with a nightclub, a lot of people don't think about it. It's just changing all the time. It's gotta be so much fun to kind of go, well, what's going on this weekend? Well, what's going on this weekend? What effects are we using this weekend? Um, but with all that has gotta be a lot of maintenance correct i mean oh yeah oh yeah champagne gets sprayed on every piece of equipment and anywhere yeah, right. and everywhere that you could find it is confetti oh i mean, <laughs> sure you know all about that though yeah 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 well luckily we don't get the complaints ever it's just there our clients are like this confetti looks great you know but then you know you got guys like you who are like they're in my fans and they're in yeah. they're in my board or whatever somehow gets in your underwear i know right um <laughs> 
So what, uh, like when it comes to maintenance, is there a team at Omnia or do you guys hire out for that? Um, anything we can do in house, we do. And, uh, you know, fortunately we had quite a few guys there that were all eager and, and we all liked to get on that stuff. We never really let any sort of problems accumulate. Um, because if we do need to put something out the door, when you have something like a chandelier that is so symmetrical, when you're missing one light, even even the average you know nightclub attendee will notice that because you know it creates a hole in the shape of the ceiling and the you know in the hole. I don't know what word I'm trying to say, but you notice it because there's a gap in the air. Absolutely, and, and we want to make sure that there's minimal days that we're going to have that. So we had one spare of each light, and if something was unrepairable, you know, in our hands, we would take it down that night and ship it out, and hopefully have it back by the next show. That's great. I mean, that's I, I love how this business works. We just get it done. I mean, that's really the thing. So speaking of getting well, it done, yeah, let's move forward, right? So unfortunately, last year was was a emotional experience for everybody in our industry, but it looks like you're moving forward. You're doing different things. You're now in Miami, Florida, not in Vegas anymore. What 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 are you doing now? Oh man, I'm I'm very lucky to be here. I moved here just a week and a half ago. It all happened very quickly, uh, but. Man, I get I got to join the Chave professional team. I'm going to be helping them doing some online marketing and social media and and for Camsys as well. And you know, I'm still so new to that team that I'm still in the honeymoon phase of being. You know, I feel like I'm working at Willy Wonka's factory. <laughs> <I> <laughs> yeah, I told you I've been tinkering with stuff like this. I mean, the first moving light I ever played with was a Q Spot five seven five, and that was way back in the day when Chave was you know just getting products out the door. And now I'm here, you know. That's awesome, man. Yeah, Chave Professional is doing some cool stuff. Absolutely. For sure. And now you got your hands full because you're still running Limelight on the side as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No looking back on that. I think there's too much momentum and it's, you know, helped helped me probably, you know, a lot of people tell me that they've enjoyed it, but I think it's helped me more, you know, just as a healthy passion project. And I think that there's no reason to stop and and let's just keep sharing the knowledge out there because it fills a void in our industry and I'm going to do that as long as I can. Yeah. I, I can definitely say for myself, it's, it's helped me and it's gave me some tips and some laughs too. So yeah, we're on the special effects side of things all the time. So sometimes, you know, when we go back into the lighting world, we, we miss some yeah. things, you know, so. And you guys talk about what it's like being special effects people and, and talking to, you know, like interacting with lighting people on the regular, what, what, what is terrible about us? <laughs> nothing terrible nothing actually, terrible a lot of people well i think the biggest thing is a lot of designers think that the, that haze is controllable as far yeah. as from the environment so you know i think that's our biggest hurdle is when it comes to haze where they're like well why you know well you're in this drafty you know stadium you're going to need this much you know you're going to need yeah. this much fluid and stuff so haze is always the hardest part because it's it's the hardest to control you know and it's the most important unfortunately it is yes it is but we we've we've been in the business a while to uh to definitely make it make it work we do our best yeah oh man you guys are doing outstanding over there appreciate that thank you, thank you so much yeah we got some big plans for this year too we're pretty excited about um fingers crossed that the that the industry gets back up on its feet um you know coming here soon so um what are some of the goals you have for for Limelight moving forward? Is this um, do you see it being more social media based? Would you like to open a blog page? I know you're doing videos now. Like, what are some of the goals you you have set for for Limelight? Well, I think I'm at a point where I'm really open to feedback about that. So, you know, if you're listening and you go to the page on Instagram, hit message and just message 
the profile, what you would want to see on it, because I'm going to be the one that reads the message, you know, and I, I would like it to evolve into a platform that's kind of for the programmer, you know, not, not me thinking about what I want to do anymore. I'd like it to be something that, you know, what, what is out there that people need? What, what information do people want? And then I'll find a way to, to deliver that in some way, because, you know, I'm passionate about this stuff. I've been doing it a long time and I'm not intending on stopping anytime soon. So let's all grow and learn together because if there's one thing I've learned about this industry is that it does not slow down. It's just going to get people, products are going to get developed quicker. I mean, we're doing wireless moving lights that are wireless moving lights that are led and they're bright enough to be in stadiums. It's like, what? I mean, I know. 10 years ago, crazy. I would have thought that was crazy talk. <laughs> so, you know, who knows what the next 10 years will bring. And as that technology gets introduced, I hope that, you know, I can be a source, you know, a resource for that because, you know, knowledge is hard to, is hard to access in our industry, you know, unless you're going to read every single user's manual of every single product, you know, it's hard to learn how to program on multiple consoles. It's hard to learn, you know, how to change a lamp on different lights without, you know, having to change a lamp on different lights and being equipped with, you know, just, you know, a little bit of information makes being adaptable in a real situation so much better because you're like, Oh, well, that's kind of like the thing that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just hope that that's what the profile can evolve into. Very cool. And then I got to ask, cause some of these, these memes have me cracking up. Are these made by you from experience? Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> every meme and every caption is made by me and is probably sourced from some horrible memory of some instance. <laughs> so yeah. one of the most recent ones was dropping a gel on the catwalk oh yeah please enlighten us well i used to so here's a funny story because i am like i have a much bigger theatrical background than i leave on about when i was in high school doing theater um i i used to tell everybody goodbye and then i and, and the directors would leave um but i knew where the keys were so i would sneak back in after everybody had left, grab the keys, unlock the venue and get to work because that was like my happy place, you know, in school. Yeah. And that was like, I wanted the show to be as good as possible. And so I would be in the catwalks by myself and I would constantly be dropping gel frames as I tried to gel Lico's, you know, hanging <laughs> over the ledge. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the only one there in the venue. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I have to go all the way down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the worst. But everybody's done that once or twice. And if you haven't, you're going to. Yeah, I used to run sound at my high school. And man, it was like, it, it must have took 15 minutes to get down. Because we had, I mean, our our theater was ginormous. And there was like a spiral staircase. Then you had to go all the way down, you know, every single stair. It's crazy. But When I went to college, I thought it was a radical idea that they had a bird cage on a rope. And they would raise and lower it from the tension mm-hmm. grid to the, the ground. And I was like. Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of college, just curious, like a lot of your knowledge, would you say, you know, and and it could be a ratio. Did a lot of your knowledge come from school and learning in the classroom through books? Or did a a lot of your knowledge come from um, just being there, hands on at the club or on tour or? Well, I think it definitely is a hybrid of the two, but the, you know, the, the subconscious, you know, being able to cue things on the fly and being able to say this is going to be this sort of look, that's kind of always there, you know, and that comes with practice because 
college can't teach you how to make a beautiful look on stage, but it can teach you how to articulate that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so learning the words to say and learning the paperwork, you know, paperwork was a big thing in college because I remember when I got there, I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how to do it, you know? So the processes and the paperwork and the communication and collaboration, which is all very important in what we do because, you know, it's never just hanging lights. You know, the speakers are in front of the lights and then you got to move the light. You know what I mean? All of that sort of, you know, negotiating and collaborating and going back and forth definitely was something that I learned in school because you you have to be a good collaborator in this world or else no one's going to want to work with you. And if you're only, you know, if you're able to come in with multiple departments and be like, okay, let's, you know, let's all make something really cool together. Let's put the speakers here and the lights around here and let's get the pyro going here. Then everybody's happy instead of everybody fighting over center front of house space, you know. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. And what would you give, you know, someone in, you know, in college right now or in high any, school or high school, you know, what, what kind of advice would you give? That's always tough. Um, it is a tough question. There's so much you can give and, yeah. you know, what's the one that you want to say? But I definitely would just say, just be, you know, you know, don't be scared to try new things. I've done so many different things. And it's helped me find out what I don't like to do, you know, and you're not, it's not like one day you're going to work something and you're going to be like, this is what I want to do forever. I mean, maybe you might be lucky enough to do that, but chances are you're going to do a lot of stuff you don't like, and it's going to narrow down the stuff that you do like, you know, by, by learning by what you don't like. And it's also going to give you experience like working in opera. I've done several operas and I don't really want to do opera ever again, but working <laughs> opera, you know, Definitely, I pulled stuff from those experiences and brought it into concerts and nightclubs that probably made me a better concert and nightclub guy. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's some good advice. I'd say so. Yeah. You know, we're, we we get asked all the time, you know, I, I do some like presentations at my old high school and some other high schools and, you know, I'll come in and talk about owning a business and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these kids are smarter than 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 you think like they ask some really intelligent questions you know i don't think i would have asked these questions when yeah. i was in high school but just really like you know they were asking me questions about inventory and all this stuff that i'm like where what are you i was just let's just yeah, I'm be high schoolers i don't know I'm like, uh, <laughs> um but it's cool to see i'm excited about the future um speaking of the future what are you excited about, like, uh, you know, products wise, you have like any, any brands out there that you're just looking forward to um, some products this year or, or anything that you're excited to see from any brand? Yeah. Well today, Avo lights launched the launched their new console. That video is gorgeous. Yeah. It, I awesome. mean, whoever did that deserves a raise. So <laughs> they, they are on something over there and I'm really proud of the guys that work over there because, you know, I have, a, I, I used an Avo lights in the hip hop lounge at Avo at Omnia and, when I jumped on that desk, man, I think it was version seven of their software. Now they're on version 15. And I, you know, I was in no part have any credit for, you know, what that has evolved into, but I'm proud to at least been a user for that long and, and grown up with it kind of as a lighting director and programmer, because, you know, it's a really powerful workstation now. And I'm excited for what they're doing. And I think that they, you know, people should take a second look at what they're offering over there because, you know, I always say MA is AutoCAD and Able Lights is Vectorworks. I gotcha. And it's a little more creatively intuitive and, you know, you can get everything you want done. Maybe a little easier than the MA. Don't, don't at me. So, 
<laughs> well, um, well, I, I, that was my next question, like go to console and you answer that. So Avo lights. All right. Yeah. How about, I mean, how about, now I'm recently, you know, at a position with Campsys now. So I feel bad not saying that that's my favorite desk, but I also am not a liar and I'm very excited for the developments in Campsys and what they've got coming down the pipeline. So, you know, nobody should be sleeping on them either. That's awesome. Good. And what about a fixture? You have one fixture to use for an entire show, hundred of them. What are you using? Roby Megapoint, probably. Roby Megapoint. Yeah, maybe a Sharpie wash. I know that those aren't the brightest guys, but they can they can be Sharpies and be washes. Why the Rogue? Like what? Roby, you mean? I'm sorry. Yeah. Why Why the Roby? Why was that the first thing that came to your head? Well, it's pretty versatile. It's got a, a smorgasbord of beam effects. So, you know, like we were talking about earlier, one fixture can feel, you know, a dozen different ways without digging too deep into the parameters. And then, you know, once you do, then you've got a whole nother appetite of things that you can do with the fixture. I mean, it's got a couple prisms. It's got pretty wide zoom range. Its optics are great. And uh, I, I mean, it's a, it's a sturdy product. It's not going to break or fall apart. And I think that that's important too, because you want to know that once you fly it, you don't have to go back up and rescue it later. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, their booth at LDI was insane. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's just great. It's always fun. But that's awesome, man. Any other questions you have? Yeah, I got questions for you guys. You have questions for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please do. I mean, I want to. I don't. Ever, I've never gotten. You know, that's one sector of the industry that I've never really played with. I want to talk about. I want to ask about control. So when you know, you guys do a lot of effects, right? Yeah, a lot of stuff. So how how do you control that? Do you control like because not all the time is it plugged into the lighting console? What do you guys do when you're like, all right, we've got a lot of different elements over here, and we're ready to play our different instruments? Like, what goes on? So are you asking like control for the products other than DMX? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, like your approach. Do you try to get it all on one desk? Do you like to have stuff on, like at, at Omnia, we always kept our cryogenic separately because we couldn't really see everything that was affected by cryo mm. you know, come come time to blast off. So do you run into situations like that? What do you take into consideration when you're even walking into a venue with that many things to think about, I guess? is really Well, cool. you know, typically we're, we're not doing shows because we're a manufacturer, but you know, when it comes to our clients, you know, that are purchasing our products, we're, we're typically making custom controllers for them or something for them to actually control it with. That's more for the pyro guy side of things, you know, um, typically on the pyro side, they're either using custom controllers with very easy, big buttons with safeties and keys so that things aren't accident accidentally, yeah. you know, pushed off, but, um, you know, but, uh, but also when it comes to the lighting side, we got to be DMX friendly too. So all of our confetti cannon stuff and our custom, all of our custom products all, all could be DMX controllable. Um, you know, on the lighting side, the mystic is probably the most famous product, you know, for our haze generator side of things, but you know, that's pretty easy to use as far as haze goes, right. it's, you know, but, uh, I hope that answered your question, Ryan, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, it just really depends on the product. We try to make it, you know, as easy as possible. Um, you, you, a, much fewer channels than your typical like huge fixture. Um, like for well, for instance, this is the this is the this is the impact. I'm not. This is not a. Was this supposed to be about Master Effect? It's supposed to be about you. <laughs> but, well, I'm uh, a curious guy. Yeah. So this is the impact, and you put like. Uh, you put confetti cannons in the top of it, but we thought outside the box for all of our customers, meaning it has DMX in, 
it yeah. also has 24 volt in. So wow. you're giving the customer different out options. Also, you know, you could run it on a dimmer pack so you can bypass completely um, wow. all these operations. So we try to make every product and you'll notice on every one of our products, there's a there's a also a 24 volt in um, quarter inch input. And that's more for like theme parks, haunted attractions that aren't using DMX. They're just using two wires pushed together wanting yeah. to activate it. So um, we try to cover that with all of our products where it's easy for any type of industry to go, go and use. So, and as always, go ahead, as always, I was going to say, there's, you know, we use the same operating system for every single one. It's the same screen. Um, and you can operate it manually too. So there's at least two to five different ways to operate every machine that we make for those varying customers and industries. What is your favorite lane of the industry to, to be a part of? Do you enjoy theme parks more than you thought you would? Because I mean, like that's that's some heavy stuff over there. I think there, there's no way for for me to choose a favorite between the all because they all have a, a different kind of style to it. Yeah. Um. So it's it's really fun working with um, theme parks putting on a huge Halloween show, where and it's just as much fun working with lighting and pyro companies. You know, helping put on these major uh, concert tours. So it's everything has got its its own little niche. I wouldn't say I have a favorite. I just love the problem solving. You know, I, I think what people love about master effects is, is that you're calling someone here that you trust and you're calling us and you have a problem and we're going to go and custom make something custom, do something to, to, to make it work. You know, the, our retail side of things came later, you know, we're, we're first a custom company. I mean, we design and, and make things for companies that need something special. And then the retail you know, side came later when we were making the same thing over and over again. So um, I love everything. I love it all. I mean, you know, some yeah. of the businesses that you might not think we're in are, are fire training and military, which we do a lot of where we're smoking out entire buildings. And wow, I would have never thought that. Yeah. So um, that's a that's a huge part because we're helping we're helping these guys train for disaster. And that's that's rewarding, yeah. too, for us. So. That's so cool. I never thought about the, you know, obviously I've, I've thought about the, you know, custom situations that you might have an effect, your need an effect, but I didn't think about training firemen that, you know, that that's yeah. way off the field. That's gotta be so cool to be a part of. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It is neat to see a little bit of everything. Keeps it interesting too. But so, you know, a lot of people ask, well, why don't you do touch screens on your machines and stuff like that? Well, we got people with giant gloves that need to push a button, you know? Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of thought that goes into our products when it comes to control um, just going back to your control question on how do we make this good for everybody? If it, you know, touchscreens are cool and they're they're fancy, but you know, unfortunately, it won't work for all of our clientele, and we don't want to make all these separate products for all these yeah, clientele. Yeah, so, yeah. Wow, well, that's so fascinating. Thank you. So, do you have any other questions for us? This is fun. <laughs> it somehow I'm turned into an interview no. beyond. Yeah. Um, but no, man, it's been awesome to, to see limelight wired and to see what you're doing. Um, it's definitely motivational for us. I know like Ryan will come up to my office and be like, you got to see what limelight limelight did today. And I'm coming down to him. We're talking about it at lunch with all the guys and, and, and girls here. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. And we're excited. So it just makes us excited to see you excited and moving up and moving onward. So hey, I appreciate that guys. And I mean that right back to you. You know, you guys have, like you said, you started with making stuff custom and now you're retailing stuff. That's, you know, not, no easy feat. And I want to acknowledge it because it is a lot of hard work and I'm, I'm impressed with what you're doing over there. Appreciate that. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. it. Well, we'll have to send you some stuff and see what you think. And maybe do another giveaway for those who don't know 
there was yeah. a contest we put together last month. It was. Um, Speaking of that, that was pretty. I didn't think we were going to get some of those so those hard hitters back. Some really neat, really really neat. People got really creative this year, and I was I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. It, was it made me cool. it made me question my own queuing ability. As a <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, if trade shows come back this year, maybe we'll see you at LDI something yeah. like that. Absolutely. Great to shake hands. Florida, you know, you got a friend here. Yeah. Yeah, man. How hot is it out there right now? Uh, it's a really, really cold 70. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> From Vegas to Miami. That's awesome. Everybody keeps telling me that this is the worst weather of, of the past several years. And I'm like, well, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rain, thank you so much. It's been an honor. We appreciate you having, um, t- you know, taking some time to talk with us. Oh, thank you for having me, guys. It means a lot. It's been great. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah. See you in February.